0: Uh, and I don't know if you guys can tell this, but I'm not really talking very loud because I am just now getting over to this place to where I am recovered, uh, recovering over this sickness. I had the flu. I got sick. Okay. And uh, it started out like a couple Wednesdays ago, and, and typical flu stuff. It was like you know fever and coughing and sneezing and stuff. And uh, but then it got worse. And so like this last Monday, I actually went to urgent care, which if you've never been. It's a lot like the emergency room, only like a step below it. Um, And they took a picture of my lungs. And so I have a picture of my lungs here to share with you guys. So these are Tony's lungs. Now, I don't know if you can see here, but kind of that like spider webby, tree root, lightning looking shadowy stuff. Like it's not supposed to look like that. Yeah, so like I I originally had the flu, uh, the infection started, or or changed, it it became an infection, excuse me, in my lungs. That is pneumonia. So that's that's what pneumonia looks like. And if you've never had pneumonia, it is miserable. It is so, so difficult to breathe and talk and stuff. And um, so the thing for me, it actually worked out okay. Uh, so uh, it, it worked out pretty good My family, we had this big spring break trip We were going to go to Arizona And I was planning on going with my family But because I got sick, I just to stay home and recover My family got to go And so they had fun, you know, adventures and things like that And so I was really pumped about it But I stayed home, and I was lonely Yeah So there was like three days where I actually didn't even I don't know if you guys have ever done this Where you just don't talk to anybody It's a weird thing to not say anything to anyone i mean i was i had some text interactions going on with some people um and, but like actually a phone call you know talking facetime stuff like i didn't do any of that because my throat was a mess and um it was very very taxing so i just didn't say anything i was alone now i had friends that had like you know outside of facebook communication encouragement like hey get better get better you know praying for you and all this stuff And even Stetson, too. I got a couple people that were like, hey, if you need anything, let me know and we'll drive something by. We'll give you supplies or whatever because you're dying. You know, we don't want you to die. So let me know. Because great friends. And so, um, but there was one thing that my friends did not, like, offer to me. Um, No, no. I noticed this. And um, nobody asked, like, hey, Tony, I would love to just come and be next to you while you watch eight hours of Netflix. Can, we just, can I sit next to you on the couch? Or no one said, hey, while you're slurping your soup and splattering and dripping, can I come over and just eat next to you at your table? Nobody offered that. Does anybody know why nobody offered that? Because I was nasty you guys I was dripping and coughing and hacking and sneezing And stinking and I was sticky And I smelt weird And I was cranky and grumpy I was miserable Yes because I was sick I was sick There's kind of this like Mutual respect When someone is sick And you, you guys know Like you've been around sick people. And so I call it the sick space. Okay. The sick space. Yeah. So like when someone gets sick, you're kind of like, hey, I I like you. I care about you. You're important to me. Don't touch me. Don't breathe near me. Don't breathe near my stuff. Don't wear my things. You stay on your side of the table, of the room, of the country. Just, (laughs) Just keep your distance because I don't want what you have. Right. That's the sick space. Respect the space, right? And you know, and as a sick person too, like we respect the space too because we don't want people who we care about getting what We've got, you know, we don't want them to get messy. Oh, we'll get there. We're not there quite yet there, Kev. But yeah, we want to respect the sick space. Okay, but it's still a lonely place. So last week, Stetson started talking um, to you guys about this series that we are two weeks into now. Um, called Sent And this series is about The love that we have And how we are sent out To share this love with people Who have never heard about it before You've heard sermon series Like this before You know This is about sharing our faith And it could be Now again I wasn't here last week Because I was sick But I know Stetson talked about This arch of love And how love is this Motivating piece Where we Because of God's love We can move forward Out in love And share the love And, and you know And it could be you got this message. You got this sermon from what, what Stetson shared. And you were like, it just clicked. You were like, you left Velocity and you went out and you just found somebody. And you were like, hey, I love you. And they were like, great. And then you were like, I want to tell you about Jesus. And they were like, really, that's amazing. And then you shared it with them. And they were like, I want to pray this prayer. And like, so 15 minutes later, they pray this prayer. And they receive Jesus. And you're like, let's have a pizza party. And so then they come over to your house. And then you stay up late and you sing songs about Jesus. And you hold hands and pray. And you wake up and you, into the wee hours. You're just praising God. And the next morning, you're like, let's go to church then. And then you go to church and you sing songs and praise and angels. It's not that way for me. That's not typically how it works for me. If it clicks for you, then that makes plenty of sense. But for me, talking to, even, listen, even just talking to people who are different, not even about spiritual things, it's a lot like the sixth space, right? It's kind of like, hey, you're different. You're okay. You're all right. Just, just stay. I, I don't dislike you. But you're on your side of the lunch table, and I'm over here on this side. No, no, no! Don't touch my bag. You're no offense. It's okay. I don't need to know you. I know you I see you. I see you, and I don't have anything against you. You know, we may have to be on the same group project in class. That's fine. We can do that. But I don't. I don't need to enter this space with you. It's okay. There's a there's a mutual respect. There's a shared respect here. Does anybody identify with that? Does anybody identify with that? Sorry, it's my voice. I'm trying not to go too much because then I'll just hack, Jack. I'll just start coughing into the microphone. Can you guys identify with that a little bit? That sick space? Your brother's always in the sick space. Now, we're going to talk about a metaphorical sick space, Isaac, okay? Because I don't want you to go and get the flu from people. When people are sick, wash your hands and give them distance and honor the sixth space. But we are gonna talk about a different type of sixth space. All right, now we are entering meta. We're entering the, the, the different the, the analogy of the sixth space. okay? Um, because um, like I said, we enter this space when we talk with people just who are different, but specifically today talking about spiritual things. Um, I wanna tell you a little story about a friend of mine named John. Now, if you don't know, I like tattoos. I am a fan of tattoos. I have a couple. Yes, I have a couple. I really enjoy tattoos. And I want to tell you a story about the sixth space, and I want to tell you about um, a friend of mine named John. Now, I met John probably like 13 years ago. Um, and John, actually, I heard about John because he, a lot of my friends who also like tattoos, they they told me that this guy was like one of the best guys in town. So I heard about him and stuff. Didn't know anything about him. My wife got me this gift certificate, and I was like, oh, "Cool, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna start collecting tattoos now." So, um, I, so I met John. So you can actually put the, the first slide up there, Kevin, if you wouldn't mind. So, all right. So the sixth base, the target, John. Right? Okay. So that's that's John, and. Um, so, I, I, I didn't know anything about John when I first met him, but um, I didn't realize that, okay, so the thing about tattoos is that you have to, like, it's very kind of a personal sort of thing. Like, when the person's tattooing you, like, you, they're literally, on, they're touching you, like, the whole time, right? And, like, tattoos take hours, And they're kind of uncomfortable. They're painful, right? So the person who's tattooing it, like they're in your. you can feel their breath on you. And, you know, you kind of have to talk. Otherwise, it's like kind of awkward because you're just it's almost like being in an elevator with somebody just like waiting around, you know. But this person just happens to be like digging needles into your arm for hours, right? So you have to come up with things to talk about, Right. You enter into this sixth space, right, with this, with the person, your tattoo artist, right. So, so I knew I was going to be entering this space, and it was kind of a cool thing because I learned a lot about the sixth space from my time with John. Um, And we're going to talk about it. There's there's actually three things, right? Because you know, I, I work at a church, and so it's not the easiest thing to be around people who believe differently about life than you do. I don't know Some of you guys Maybe can identify Where you, maybe you go To like a Christian school Or maybe you have Tons of church friends Or it's just hard To be around people Who maybe have Different perspectives on life I don't know Just because you run In different circles I don't know But I was excited Because I, I, I learned Very quickly about John um, That he and I Were very different So that first thing So the first thing About um, the sixth space So the next, next slide If you wouldn't mind Kevin thanks Is that um, one of the hindrances Can be life differences Okay um, oh, I'm a little helter-skelter here. I want you guys to look at these and feel, like, the three things that we're going to talk about, like, I want you to feel identified with because sharing this love, going out, being sent, it's not a very fluid thing all the time. It's kind of an uncomfortable thing. Hence the sixth space. Okay. Um, anyway, but this... this This is a good story with John. So anyway, life differences. Did I misspell that? Differences? No, I spelled that correctly. Thanks. Thanks, Anthony. Okay. So, I learned a lot about John. John, looking at him in the picture, you could see, like, he's kind of, he, well, you can't really see here. He's covered in tattoos. This guy was a lot bigger than me, and at the time of my first tattoo, he had this mohawk, and, like, he just looked different. He had different life experience. He was actually in a biker gang, and I'm not talking, like, Hollywood, funny, leather, ugh, tough guy. No, like, this was a legitimate biker gang. And, like, he talked about shady things, and it was kind of scary. It was a little weird. Being around people that are kind of like fringe culture, you know, was like, I was like trying to play it cool, you know, because the guy's, you know, tat, you know, tattooing. So I don't want to look like, really? Is that what you guys do? Like, we ride on motorcycles? Like, because I was trying to play it cool. But he really was a really kind of a rough sort of guy. I mean, he was just intimidating looking. He laughed about things that I didn't understand and didn't get. And, um... So it was really kind of an awkward thing just to be in that space and just learn about someone who was so different than me. The second thing um, that I really realized that I had to deal with, oh, you know what, I should say this too. Um, as you guys are in the, the sixth space with people, like John looked different, he had a different lifestyle. You guys have um, people who are, you, you guys are finding who you are right now. You're finding your social groups right now. I mean there's some some of you that really identify towards like, you know, an agricultural lifestyle, right? You've got farm animals. Some of you are, you know, much more like um, I don't know, the skater crowd, right? That's kind of how I identified back when I was a student. You know, there's there's people who are like the emo or the, the goth, you know, and so there's just so much diversity, so much difference. There's a lot of people who have different upbringings too. You you have some people at your schools that have like two dads, people that have two moms. You know, people who are journeying through this gender and sexuality thing and, and it's, it's different. You don't know how to navigate some of that stuff just because maybe that's not something that you've wrestled with. But these barriers, these life differences, these experiences, sometimes they can make you feel really, really uncomfortable. You don't know how to talk with these people so you sometimes just opt out. It's like, hey man, you stay on your side of the table. I'm just going to honor the sixth space, right? Alright, so, but moving on to the Christian baggage, this was another thing I learned. See, the more that we talked with each other, John learned very quickly that I was a Christian. Like I said, I was working at the church at the time. And, um, but what I learned very quickly was that I wasn't the first Christian that John had experience with. See, I found out that he actually was raised in a household where his parents were trying to get him to grow up as a Christian. So they sent him to these Christian camps, these VBSs and stuff, and You know, he would go, and he had really good questions, you guys. I love questions. So John would have these questions, and we'd ask his teachers at these camps. But they didn't know how to answer his questions, so they got mad at him. And they punished him because they felt like he was being defiant. So he got home, and when he got home, the teachers told his parents that he was being defiant and being unruly and stuff at these church camps. So then his parents punished him. Furthermore, getting older and getting more and more tattoos and getting kind of rougher and tougher you know, John started to look different all these people in the Christian community judged him for the way that he looked and so he grew up with all of these preconceived notions just like the ones that I had about him well different but I had them and so did he when you guys interact with people in the world you cannot assume that they're just going to take you at face value because there are people under the banner of Christ that do terrible terrible things you guys terrible things it's this baggage that we cannot get around the last thing um, that I ran into with, with John was this prayer pressure. And I want to explain what this looks like a little bit. I don't know if you guys have ever had the opportunity where you are going to hang out with somebody and it's going to be a spiritual time. Um, but you go in thinking about like that salvation prayer. You ever had that before? I don't know. I, I've done this before where I knew I was going to go and hang out with a buddy. And Before I even got into the car, I was rehearsing. Okay, I got to make sure that I say the prayer right, and i got to make sure that I talk them through the thing and they have to acknowledge you know, the sin in their lives and then i got to make them pray the thing and then we you know, give their life to Jesus and then forget. You know, it's like there was this big step-by-step sort of thing that I was living in my mind. There was so much pressure that I was putting on myself to where whether or not the opportunity came up to pray with this individual or not, I was so consumed with this fear of doing it right. That I didn't even pay attention to what they were saying. I wasn't even able able to like actually engage with them in the sixth space because I was so worried about messing it up. You know, there was so much pressure that I was putting on myself. As a side note, I want to just say something about this. God does not. God doesn't even on he. How do I? How did I write this? he doesn't make people pray that prayer. Like, you have zero power. This is, again, side note, little derail here. The thing that helped me in that space was realizing that I never had any control over if anybody would choose to pray that prayer or not anyway. You can't go into a situation like that owning this other person's salvation. Because it's not yours to own. It's about them. All you've got to do is show up and just be present. Just exist in that sick space with them. It's really up to them if they choose to, to give their lives to, to Jesus or not. So why do we enter into this sixth space? Like, what's, why? Okay, what, what's the drive? What's the push here? Um, I've got a verse here that I want to read for you guys. And it's from Luke chapter 15, um, verses 4 through 7. All right, so suppose one of you, oh no. <coughs> Excuse me, see, I got to watch out. Okay. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? He joyful, And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need uh, to repent. This is God's heart, you guys, towards people who are lost. When we look at scripture, we see the heart of a God who pursues the lost sheep, the one that doesn't have a relationship, the one that got away. Um... And this is a consistent story all through the Bible from creation to the fall to the flood to the exodus to when people were lost in the desert um, all the way into the New Testament to the point of the cross. God has pursued his people to exist within the sixth space. He's pursued us just to be in relationship with us to exist in this sixth space. The longer I spent with John And there's one more picture of us in there, and he's smiling. I just want to put it up there, if you wouldn't mind. The longer I spent with John, you guys, I learned that we were not very different from each other. Life experiences aside, John just wanted someone to know him and love him. That's it. He wanted to be understood and known and loved. He had a story just like mine, full of awesome highs and happy moments, but also like broken, really sad times, just like me. And just like me, He needed a relationship with a savior. The only problem was was that he didn't realize that he was sick. He didn't realize how spiritually sick that he was. That sick space, it actually is a real sick space. We are surrounded with brokenness. We are surrounded with sickness. And with God's heart, we can pursue people into this broken, messed up, sick, difficult, awkward, someone just farted in the elevator space. it's the worst kind of it's the worst kind of space I will tell you John ultimately did accept Christ I can't say that it was because of me but I know that God pursued him through so many different people and the parts that we have like this overwhelming thing that sometimes I have felt when I thought about being sent is that it's all on me and I get caught up in the differences and I get caught up in the Christian baggage I get caught up in that prayer pressure stuff all you have to be is present and in that space all you have to do is be in the sixth base and don't resign to leave people because Jesus didn't leave us in the sixth base either. Okay. I'm going to pray. Lord, um, thank you for being a God who pursues us. Thank you for being a God who entered into our broken world. You've left paradise just to come and claim us. Thank you for being a God who did that for us. I pray that we, in your spirit, can exist in that uncomfortable, awkward place of people who are just different than us. Just to be conduits of your spirit and your love. Um, Help us to do that in your strength, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.